0: I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Tim Flowers, when it came to
1: reggae, everything. Unbelievable. Oh no way. Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all safe and well wherever you are in the world. Today we're going to talk a bit about the Premier League title race. Briefly look ahead to Arsenal versus Liverpool. My trip to New York, New York, they're all so good they named it twice. And they're going to give flowers, some personal flowers, to my son Bradley on his retirement from football. And my guests are Mr. Ryan Hun and Musa Akwanga. How are you gentlemen? Very well, very well. Hanging in there. How are you? Um because like, i done a school run this morning, I have to tell you guys. And I had to, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's really strange because with with Lolan Roxanne at the moment, with, with where they are, with everything what's going on, you're treading a fine line with everything you say now is probably going to stay with them for the rest of their lives with what's going on, right? With the Ukraine stuff. We was listening to some music, then the news came on and then the Ukraine came on and it's like, I don't know, maybe it's a higher force. And it was talking about people having to just up and leave everything what they know, and I turned the radio off. And I said, "Did you hear what that's ha- that's happening now to twelve-year-olds? Now, twelve-year-olds like you who are in their comfortable place, their dad works, their mum works. They have had to leave everything they know." I said, "You know what? I don't I don't care that that's heavy because that's it, right? That's the realness, and I don't want to go too deep on it, but it's mm. people have to understand." It. This is happening, and this is what people are having to deal with with their kids right now, and so right now. I, I hope. I don't know. I, I I don't even know because it's been bothering me because I don't know if I went heavy, but it's it's what's happening. What do you do? Can I say this actually? Yeah,
2: I don't have children of my own, but um, I've I've got a godson in Brussels, and I'm also close to like his uh. his sister. I knew they'd be worrying about it because they're super sensitive, right? Um, and they're mm. always conscious of the news. They're very, very young. I think one's 10 and one's eight. They're very, very young, but they're super smart mm. and they're always clued yeah. up on stuff. And I think that my point is when talking about this, it's always like, honor the fact that they are young, but they're smart enough to know that something's wrong and just give them the context. Give them the context. And so when it's like, I think there is something to be said for saying, obviously, we're not living in an environment like that. But if we're going to think about things like Ukraine and talk about them, if we're going to feel something, let's at least have a sense of what these people are experiencing going, compared to yeah. us. If there's a time to be serious, yeah, it, it, let, let, let's get real, I would say. But that's the
1: thing. That's the thing of it though, Moose and, and right, is being a parent. And like you've rightly said there, Moose, they know it's there. It's, you know, they, they can feel it, but like um, it can come at any stage. And and I I, honestly, I just, I just, I just, it's it's something I can't stop thinking about. So it's nice to be able to, 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 to share it with you guys simply because it's a safe space for me to be able to speak about it without worrying. Can I say one thing actually, sorry to throw this in. That might be us one day in.
2: Let's not kid ourselves. We might be bombed out of our houses. Mm. We might have to leave our houses because of flooding.
3: It
1: could happen to us. Exactly.
3: Yeah. The only difference between being a refugee and not is luck.
1: Exactly. Right. Like I said, before they came out of the car. I said, you know, we we just got to be, we've got to be thankful. Yeah, man. That's the lesson, isn't it? Gratitude. That's the lesson. Just
0: be thankful, girls. Just be thankful. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: Did anyone feel the disturbance in the force when Kai Havart's controller finished? Oh <laughs> my <fucking> goodness. <laughs> the new number nine in the world was I born. I I knew not was you, coming. I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. I He's saw it. He's fucking I've been, amazing.
2: I've been, I've been saying it. I've been saying it. I've always believed it. I always believed it. Musa doing his Kevin it, fucking Keegan I, I'm telling you I'd love it I always do you know I always do you know I always said this you know I said that I always believe because because a forward people often think of finishing is everything that defines a forward it's not it's the movement oh god and he's the most elusive forward of his generation right he's the most elusive like Kai Havertz has the ability to start, this dude is huge mm-hmm. there's a header he scores I think, was it against Burnley the man vanishes, Ian. <laughs> the moment before the cross comes in, Kai Havertz is there. Then you look again, the ball's in the air it's and he's vanished. gone. And then he's headed it. And you're like, how has a man that big vanished? And he does this all the time. He did against Real Madrid in the um, mm. the semis last year. Countless times. I think he gets a ball off the bar that Werner scores. The mm. man just drops into space all around. And someone said to me, what's his best position? I think actually he is an elite nine or he's becoming one, but my favorite position for Kai Havertz is actually either side of a front man only because I think a player that good should have as many touches as possible. And I think yeah. he's that high In up, that
1: area of the field. In when that he's area. that high up, you waste him. Yeah.
2: But he is the player that um, took almost loves in the forward line. Can I office.
1: say, can I say, when, like, I was watching Jamie in that yesterday, and it, to be honest, Jamie, he noticed it very well, but we we watched it as well on, on Saturday because I'd done my, my analysis on him. His movement with, with Jorginho's pass, the, 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 the time and space he had to control and finish that. When you look at the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper from the time Jorginho crosses that ball to him, the goalkeeper's set is kind of like his position. You can see it. He does not move. He needs, and I've said it on this podcast so many times, he needs a bad touch for him to then spring into action. And if you watch it again, everybody, watch that as, as that ball goes into Kai Havertz and he touched and finished, the goalie doesn't move at all from the time the ball goes from Jorginho to the back of the net. He doesn't move because the touch and finish was it's like, it's worldly. It's from another
3: world. Mm. It's amazing. It's, it's, I, watched, it's, I went to watch him live in yeah. his like last Leverkusen game, second to last Leverkusen game in the league. And they played Hertha in Berlin. And I just watched him for like 25 minutes, like just yeah, him, like player cam. He was never not in five yards of space for 25 mm. minutes. He's the only man mm. to
2: become invisible on a player cam.
3: He <laughs> exactly. became
2: invisible. He got one of those Harry Potter cloaks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I just love that he's getting his props because he's sorry he's such an unconventional yeah. player
3: when you first yes, see man. him right he's a G and he's you know he loves he, he's got his donkeys as well what do you mean he adopted a load of donkeys oh okay. yeah. hey, can we talk about New
1: York New York on tour uh, I just... didn't even tell us he was going <laughs> right on tour wow, it's, wow. It's concrete dreams, bro concrete dreams. you think genre. you know, the think you know people made they just bounce of... we had to find out
2: from
3: the gram we had to find out from the gram that you were there <laughs> Did you get roped into any uh, softball games in Central Park again?
1: No, not this time. But, you know, so I, I didn't actually really get out too much because it was it was freezing, man. It was, was it? freezing. I had to go and do stuff, then come back. Jet laggy kind of vibe was going on. But, like, I didn't do much walking around. But the walking around that I did do was, it's, mm. just, it's just New York, wasn't it? It's just New York. But can I just say, um, it, to experience what we... What what they done out there? Um, Premier Why League. were you there? like for people. Well, I done was there, there with I was there for Barclays and, and the Premier League. Um, it's like this kind of like Great Britain. We, we you know what's great about Great Britain and going over there and we're kind of like exporting what's great about Great Britain and obviously Premier League and stuff. Yeah. So we so I'm over there like talking about the Premier League and what it brings and and what they done was they kind of built a stand like 400 people. The screen was the size of a a house. It was just a massive side of a house. And, you know, they, they got pies, especially because they don't do pies there. Right. So the pies, so they got a company, they sourced the company and they made pies, you know, curry and like chicken, chicken and balty pies and vegetable pies, steak and kidney pies and Boddington's beer. Oh my oh goodness. My, oh
3: <laughs> It was Listen. so cool. What, they
1: were serving Boddingtons? Yeah, they
3: were serving Boddingtons. Did it someone was like, go like, do you remember the Mel Sykes advert? Do you want to flake in that, love?
2: Do you
1: want to flake in
3: <laughs> oh Legendary.
1: You know what was really good? It was like, I'll tell you what, what how, how I felt. It was like, like if I went to a game here, especially with those two teams, Man United and Spurs here, in that scenario, with that kind of like, in that same place, it would be a nightmare. It would be anxious. I, would, I wouldn't know how the, the reaction, of especially Spurs fans, and United fans, you don't know what's going to happen because when they're together, when they're when they're on mass together, the fans they get tribal and they say stuff, and it starts to make you feel anxious. This place was it was being in utopia in respects of football. You know what the Spurs fans? I, cu- I could not believe it. I said this was at any stage there's going to be a camera, and they're going to say ah, we're only joking, wank, <laughs> and the Man United fans. My God, they were so the both sets of fans. Was so complimentary about what they've seen us. Honestly, Stadio and Righty's house was getting your love, guys. I'm not even joking. We got so much. Can you tell Musa this? Can you tell Ryan that? Stadio, can you tell that? It was like, oh my God, it just actually made you feel like these people, man. I love these people. They they can't get enough. They cannot get enough in respects of love and analysis and just talking. I was talking to like Man United fans about what they, they, they're confused with what's going on, but they love it and they can't wait. They were singing the song. So there was, the songs were in the stadium. <laughs> the songs, when they, 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 they waited, you can hear it go quiet for a bit. So the song, whatever they were singing in the stadium, they started singing on mass over oh, there. Wow. It was, they That's went wow. crazy when Ronaldo scored. They went crazy. Then the Tottenham fans came in and started singing. Oh, when the Spurs, like Americans singing. It was like the atmosphere was amazing. It was, that's it was so like, horrible. I'm not even joking. It's, uh, that's something, if I could, if they said, right, Ian, that's what we want you to go and do around the country doing that. Just being amongst that. And I was with Michael Carrick who's really cool. Michael's cool. Oh, lovely. Oh, you know what I lovely. mean? It's Michael's great. really cool. Legend. And, and you know what's really good? And unbelievable, because I'm sitting next to Michael watching it. And remember, Michael's had these players. So Recently, I had to be,
3: like, yeah, so, <laughs> months ago.
1: To, yeah, I was, I was really careful about like what, what he, what he was, what I'd say about like Fred and this and that, but Fred had a, a really good game. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know
1: what I mean? And what you're saying about the players like that, like that, or all the players would tell us, you know, you can hear him saying, "How oh, brilliant. And then you say, Fred, he says, he said to me, Fred, he said, I said, F- he's, Fred's having a really, he said, he's one of the nicest, he's one of the nicest lads you'll ever meet. They absolutely wow. adore him in the dressing room. They adore him. He's such a great lad. And he's, he, he was happy that Fred was having a good game because he's saying, oh, look at Fred, he's brilliant. You could see, he, he felt for the players, he felt for them. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it was nice, to, it was nice to see. And I wouldn't say, like with Cristiano Ronaldo, um, I was trying, you know, when you're trying to see if there's any vibe, right? So I say, oh, Ronaldo, man, look, it's just. It's <laughs> going,
2: yeah, yeah. No, but it's not probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but That's Michael funny.
1: said, it, 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 my, it, he actually said, no, 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 this is a game probably gets a couple in this game. I can't believe it. He said probably gets a couple in this game. If the, if he stays where he can stay and just stay in there, he, he, he probably gets a couple in this game. This game's made for him. Can I say this? You no, know, I, I would love to hear that man talk about football more. Oh, Every time so I hear good. him, do you know that when Paul Pogba
2: scored in two in the derby? Oh yeah, my God. Man. You know when Paul Pogba scored two in the derby against Man City mm. in the 3-2 mm. and he came out afterwards and said, told him about the runs that Carrick had told him to make and both both goals came from like the kind of late run into the box mm. and Carrick was like, you need to do that. I honestly think that man's brain, like that man's football yeah. brain is so. That's what you said about Pogba. So said. understated. It's, it's unbelievable. Get yeah. in
1: there more. It's, it's like what you just said, what you said about Kai, about playing in that position where off of somebody or just up in that third, because you want Pogba's, the Pogba's and Kai Avarts of this world. You want them in that area yeah. on the ball. And he said, that's all Pogba's got, that's what he's got to do. We know what he can do. And he's got all the skills, he can do everything. But Pogba should be getting himself in those areas more often. Much more If
2: I've ever ever seen a player that really needed consistent coaching at a pivotal point of his career, it was Paul Pogba, actually. Because I think Pogba Mm. has got so far, I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. Pogba has got so far on like, on hard work and natural talent but the final aspect of it, like, you know, the, the execution, the efficiency, all of that, where you just need someone to just drill that out. Like the other day I said, like, you know, two touch Neymar is my favourite Neymar, right? See when Neymar has been mm. in situations where he just has to play two touch and he just like rocks everything. I honestly think Carc- Paul he, like he's, that. He's, yeah. 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 Name, two, three touch. Two, three touch. funny because, um... You take everyone out. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the guys has done a brilliant podcast, Louis Miguel, bro. Big up, Louis. Man gave me an intro. That, as soon as he gave me the intro, as buzz, I was ready to go. Bam! I would have spoke to him for' He's two so hours hype, straight. He? He's oh so my hype. god, he hyped me up, bro. I was ready to go, and he was. He asked me about play. He'd like to play with now? And I, straight off the top of my head, I said Neymar, and it would be that Neymar, Musa, the two touch Neymar, because that that Neymar you cannot get near. You cannot get near him. It's only when he keeps hold of it. And it's the same Mm. with Pogba when Pogba's in certain areas. When he's taking more than two touches, he looks like a totally different player because you get near him and he can, as much as Pogba can twist out and do some stuff, he doesn't seem like the same Pogba. He can feel a bit gangly and a bit Bambi, baby Bambi kind of vibe. And it's the same with when you get amongst Neymar. Neymar feels like, that's when he starts rolling about and falling over and all that sort of stuff. But when he's doing that Two touch stuff, Jesus. It's that's amazing. what. That's what. That's
2: it's what. Zidane, I've been watching a lot of Zidane recently, a lot of Zidane highlights. Um, and Zidane made a comment about that. Zidane said, "Always keep the ball moving. Two touches, yeah, three maximum. Even yeah. t- three is too much." And that's it. that's why Zidane was so desperate to get Pogba because he saw a role for, as we call. And this is gonna be like a thing, isn't it? Like two touch Pogba it's gonna be a thing. Like two touch. He Pogba. saw a role for that that version of that variant, that version of Pogba. That was the one that opens defences in a way that like the natural air to Kroos, for example. Mm-hmm.
1: You that know something, Alexia, Alexia Patelos, right? Watching her in that Arnold Clark cup for young players, watching how a great player plays. If you watch Alexia Patelos, just like the greats, like Zidane, you know, Perlo, you, you can't get near them simply because they keep it so simple. It's mm. effortless. Yes. It's effortless what they do. You know what? I, I'm not even going to, I'm not putting him in, that class yet because I feel that he's, he's still got a w- way to go. Watching Martin Erdogan the other day for Arsenal, and it's, I cannot yeah. wait. We're going to speak about the, the Liverpool game later. Zip boop. Zip boop. <laughs> that was his little drag back flick, wasn't it? Watching how he played and his little movement and oh my the fact that you cannot get near him. You can't get near him. Uh-huh. And we're talking about somebody who's very slight He's not got the physicality to be in and amongst it. I remember I've spoken about Foden the same. Watched Foden as well yesterday. We'll speak about it. And in being in that position where he was, he was amongst it. It didn't happen for him. It's too physical in where he had to be. Watching Erdogan put, put himself into places where you can't get near him, so you have to leave him, and he just gets on with it. He's another. When you watch him in isolation. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It's like watch. a David Silver thing. It keeps it simple. It's like a David Silver thing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unreal. Dav- yeah. It's an unbelievable thing. Like just quickly on the game last night. Did you see the game? Yes. Yes. I I was so excited about that game for a nil-nil because what was great about it is that Man City could do no more. They could do no more. But at the same time, I think Palace, because we're dealing with margins, you're not going to get much. You have to be more ruthless with anything you get. Yeah, they had a anything. couple of good chances though. Yeah. Yeah. You saw against Chelsea, same thing. Same mm. thing
2: with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. They have those chances and they create limited opportunities. But and Michael Elisa, can I just say oh. this is this is Did a you player. See that drag. Pep is looking at that guy going, ooh, I could, I could
1: ooh. It's true. It's true. You know, you know, Pep is like, he's you know cut, like people, he's at the age where you can start looking. You know, on looking. Twitter
2: sometimes when you see Pep's a really like... good meme and someone just collects the meme and goes, I'm taking that. Pep is like that with midfielders. <laughs> Pep is like, I'll take that. Yeah.
1: Yes, I'll take that midfielders. He's getting <laughs> ready. <laughs> he's just because no, I, no. I saw, yes. you know, I, I thought that yesterday, um, to be honest, I thought yesterday at least say, um, Again, it it, it didn't do as much as you'd want him to do and you wouldn't Mm. expect him to because Manchester City are going to keep the ball for long periods of time. But the touch what he'd done when the ball came across and he went to, he didn't even control it, came straight over to him and he rolled it. The defender flew past him, but he couldn't, (laughs) it was just like, you know, the the defender thought that he was going to hit it first time and he'd done that thing where he rolled his foot over the top of the ball. The defender was just gone. (laughs) <laughs> and I was just saying that's all I need to see he doesn't need to do any more in this game for me and probably Pep will see that and see that as well because when you look at where he was the calibre of players he's playing against and the audacity to do a skill like that where people say let me get this under control he just went roll his foot over it and then just couldn't quite get out his feet to get the shot in but I'm telling you something he's now. going
2: big by the way sorry he's oh, going big oh
1: man absolutely Moose absolutely And impa- whatever's happening now hopefully he'll they'll stay together. Will, Will, all of them stay together. Mm. Patrick adds a bit more. He has to try and sign Connor Gallagher. He has to try and do something about that situation. Because mm. if he adds, if he bolts a couple more things onto Palace and then they get ruthless, they are going to cause havoc in this yes. league. They don't need yeah, much man. more. That's the thing. They don't like, well, like
2: I say, when I watched them against Chelsea, I keep mentioning this game, but it blew me away how well Elise is just the center of that. There's um, the playmaker like, and he's, it's the Sadio Mane thing. You know, like when, when a player is brilliant against top teams all the time, mm. you're like, that guy's going to be three years now, four years now. He'll be on, everyone will be talking about him. What got me about Palace was, it's just all they were missing was a finisher. Like yes. literally, uh, and with a yes. finisher, you're breaking into like, you can look at sort of top eight territory with Easily the right kind Palace. of finisher. Easily either.
1: for Palace. With I what, the the feel, way they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel that, um, I think that they need to sort out, for me, the, the right back situation. I know Joel Ward is injured at the moment. He's just coming back, but they do need to, to solidify that side. And mm. I feel that um, this, the centre-half, Anderson and Gahey, as time goes by, I think they're, they're going to need another, something more, maybe a bit more experience there, a bit more experience and quality. I think Tariq Mitchell's perfect. Remember, they've still got Eze, is has oh got to get back in, get himself going. So you look at Palace yesterday, like you see Pep doing these kind of like, they weren't trying to win. They were just trying to stop us. You know, which yeah, are
3: man, the, they're 11th in the table. So
1: like, <laughs> how else are you going to try and stop them other than making sure you've got your banks, you do a low block and then hope you've got the players on um, offensively that can break them because that's how you break
2: city. Yeah. But the reason Pep says that is because he can't say what he really thinks which is. He cannot believe they haven't shaken off Liverpool and they're still gaining in the rearview mirror. That's what is really frustrating yeah. him if you think mm. about it, because look, they could have scored, Bernardo Silva put the one narrowly wide. I don't know how he put that wide it's, and Grealish's yes. square, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah.
1: Do you think is- Grealish hit that too hard? Because, uh, yeah, but Moose, I, th- I was watching that and yeah. when it replayed Moose, I think that, um, I, I don't think Grealish was trying to do anything other than get it in there to, to him and you have to get it past the goalie. So you have to put it with a certain pace you have to get it past maybe the defender who might be coming back. But at the same time, you've got to get it in a place where he can slide and get it in. I, t- I feel like the pass was, it might have been a bit too hard. But do you know he's why saying, it was too he's hard? He's saying,
3: right, that if anything, he's hit that too hard. He hit that too <laughs> well. No, it's too well. <laughs> it
2: but do you know what I think I he think did? Because-,
3: because see the positions he was taking up throughout that game in the mm.
2: final third, especially second half, he was pulling away. And he was not forcing the ball through the gaps because he wasn't hitting with enough urgency or he wasn't moving. So when he hit that hard, he was like, at least it was getting through the gap. Mm, because that's what he Palace, done, Yeah, that's why I think he hit it that hard. I was thinking, because like, it was like a cumulative, sometimes when you see a player do a certain thing in a match where you're like, they've done too much of that. Mm. Go back and look at the previous, like five, 10 minutes of how they've played and their frustrations. You're like, oh, he's just trying to be like, at least if I hit it this hard, the gap won't close in time. Because yeah, there, right. was yeah, yes, yeah, there was a bit of Bullet pass. Yeah, there was a bit of, it was a bit yeah. of that. Um, in and around the box. But blocks, can, yeah. I,
1: can I say as well, the, the, the elephant, the elephant in the room is the, the striker. They needed somebody who's there. They, they need that city at some I'm sorry. So let's just fucking not ignore the fact that they, what was it? I think they had 17 opportunities and they didn't score. You know, it's get, we're getting to the crux end of the season and you look at Liverpool, right? If I'm a Liverpool player watching that game yesterday, that would have been brilliant to watch. Fantastic to watch because now that game's finished, I'm like that. Here we go, baby. I'm ready. Stop banging the table. I can't help it, man. Because that's, that's, that's what I've done last night. I was saying, oh my gosh, if I'm a Liverpool player now, I'm so hyped right now for, for the Arsenal game, which has made me frightened. Simply because I know that what Liverpool-
3: frightened. I have to I'm be worried. frightened because- I'm worried. I'm, li- I'm not worried. I'm, worried. I'm, worried. I can't, I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. Arsenal, Arsenal could come off the back of a 7-0 win and face, yeah. I don't know, someone that they are unbeaten against in 25 years and right, yes. be like, I'm not going to lie, I'm worried. I'm worried. I, I'm I'm worried.
1: worried. Listen, anything anything apart from a loss is a, is a win for Arsenal with a Liverpool team coming to the Emirates knowing that a win takes them to the place where they need to be against City because then City will be watching that saying, oh God, they're here.
3: Yeah, or the, the thing for Arsenal as well, say, for example, if they lose in the way that they did to City at home where everyone was just like, whoa, we were really in this mm. and we didn't get absolutely hammered, which we yeah. usually do. Yeah. The important thing for Arsenal is tonight, right? That When this goes out, this is going out Wednesday mm. morning, mm. is to not derail the momentum or the vibe around the place because yeah. Liverpool will obviously have seen that result. They've got essentially the title in their own hands now.
1: Yes, yes.
3: However, mm-hmm. I do think that Arsenal are better equipped to absorb the threats that Liverpool pose than they were even, you know, before Christmas.
2: Much better, mm. much better. Arsenal have a different entry now
1: we've got a different energy but
2: like I want it to ask me to watch the first half of the game against Man City and move with that energy because that will that will tear anybody open well hopefully they play like that and the way that Saka's combining with Odegaard now can I say yeah it's
3: oh actually on that I meant to say this on Stadio but you know how you get dribblers there are some people who are dribblers right yes Martinelli isn't a dribbler he's a gallivander Wow, I love that. I love that. Do you know what I mean? I love it, yes. There's a, there's a big difference. A I big don't know difference. where I'm going, but I know it's going to be good when I get it's there. It's going to be good.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure, is Salah fit? Even if he's not fit, he you got know, the other four. You know, it's Luis, Jota, Mane maybe for me. the thing is about re-
3: Liverpool. If someone's not They've fit and got they just replace so them much. with someone, it's like, it's like those movies, like they're everywhere, they're
1: everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, right, you listen, I was listening to Carragher last night and it, and Gary and everyone, and what, what, what they were saying is right. Man City last night don't win that game simply because they haven't got the firepower from like Liverpool have. It's as simple as that. They, they keep the ball and they, they can break a team down and they'll, 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 they'll beat you to a pulp and then you could still probably, you get a draw out of them. Liverpool win that game.
3: Moose has said a number of times, I think on Stadio, that it's not, Manchester City don't miss a striker every single game. It's not integral to them to, you know, uh, it's not integral to them for like 80% of the games they play in a season. Mm. But there will be like the deep stages of the Champions League when the difference is...
2: Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, is, is that exactly that? Like, do, does a team need a striker? Well, not yet and actually as it turned yeah, out but actually, found- Yeah but
1: Moose in, this, in these moments in these moments Well exactly like, well, these this is, games yeah. like Rice said yeah. y- y- they need one for that for last night because yes they went, went for Harry Kane Harry Kane scores in that game Yeah I'm sorry Harry, Harry Kane if he's okay. playing for City scores in that game so Probably you look twice. at that and they've recognised yeah they've nice. recognised that yeah. they can get by they can get by because of the quality they've got but there's times where they know we need a striker. And, and it's this stage of the season because teams are going to do what they've done to, to, to a City. Like, you know, they're going to they're be deep. They're going to be deep blocked. They're going to try and catch them on the break. Pep's going to say, mm, yeah, the pitch wasn't great. You know what I mean? It's all those things are starting to happen now. And at the end of the day, it's because he hasn't got the clinical guy to, to make that game 1-0 get back on the fucking bus. Exactly. they had goals
3: on the bench though. They had goals on the bench. They had Raheem Sterling on the bench, Gabriel Jesus, yeah. who,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, can still be used as just a, a nine if you want him to. He's not a, absolutely elite, but he is there. He has done that before. Man City didn't make a single change. The rhythm of chance
2: creation was good and he trusted the system. The True. way that C- City were creating chances in the right fashion, they just weren't finishing. Bernardo Silva scores that one. It's 1-0 one and it's done. That's the Mm. thing. Like they were making, Raheem Sterling Sterling scores that. That's what Raheem Sterling does now. He 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 does, he does, but is he he giving Pep in the built, if Raheem Sterling's on the pitch, let's say take out Bernardo and put in Raheem Sterling, for example, and jig things around. Does Raheem Sterling, in the way that Pep is playing, give you the combination play that gives you the chance in that area? And that's what Pep is probably thinking. That's, that's, that's that's, that's my, I suppose that's my defense of his decision not to bring someone on. Look, I'm, I'm with you. Look, here's the thing about strikers. I'm, I'm like, my view is always like, you cannot enter a theater without a surgeon present. <laughs> what? You, you can't, you can't like watching, you know, watching Bradley Wright Phillips, actually watching your son play. And it's interesting. The one thing I like about his goal scoring the most is save this well no because we're a multiverse this podcast is a multiverse you know, we, we can, can walk between you know, like, worlds like,
1: like Ghostbusters we can stream it into one we walk between
2: worlds Ryan
3: spoken like a man who does not have to write the episode copy and include time codes. <laughs> and include time cards <laughs> just do it all at once it's fine don't worry about it we're just taking Ryan's ability for granted that's the equivalent of a meat eater ordering a meat pizza with a vegetarian ordering a vegetarian pizza and just going i ah, stick them in the same box mate <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's true. But that's, uni a pizza. that's a brilliant analogy. I love it. That's, that's exactly
2: it. There we go. Nothing's wasted. I completely agree with you, Ian, on the need for that that ruthless finisher. I think there's a couple of problems. The first is there aren't that many ruthless finishers in the game who can play to Team City's level, who can integrate themselves into the sort of build-up play and also be the finisher, the way that Pep's designed that team. So if you have a ruthless finisher in a team, it's almost like a waste of a player. I mean, look at, look at Sergio Aguero. Sergio is there and he's scoring mm. goals for fun. Pep turns up and goes, you need to do more. And Sergio Aguero's mm. like, what? <laughs> 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 I'm the greatest minute per minute goal scorer like the Premier League's ever seen. Yeah. So that's, Pep's almost created that problem for himself. Pep maybe doesn't fully understand like the chaotic nature of what it takes to be a striker at that, le- at that level. That's why he struggled with Etu at first and then they had to talk him round because he was trying to sell Etu. to him. And I don't think it was just, I don't think it was just about Etu's attitude. It was about, I don't think Pep actually got a lot of the movements that Etu was making. Mm. I don't think he got it. And I don't mean that from a kind of, I don't, that, don't even just mean like Pep and Etu clashed because of personality. It was almost like, there's a lot of things that Etu does. It's like when you hear a rapper and they're rhyming, you think it's off time, but it's actually on time, right? You mm. think they're off beat, but they're actually on beat. And Pep is like a, an elite choreographer who's like, oh, that person's dancing here, they're wrapping off beat. He and you're to, like, no, no, yeah. and you're like, Pep, you're wrong. What they're doing is like it's syncopated. Same with Romario was the same thing. And people look at them, they can't work it out. And then all of a sudden they have to be like, actually, do you know what? That player, it looks like chaos, but it's extremely well controlled.
3: It's really interesting. You said that thing about syncopation, because Pep is almost like, Have you ever heard of the Shepherd Tone? Mm no 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 no. it's essentially like an audio illusion right it's a musical technique you essentially layer the same tones on top of each other but an octave apart and then the lower tone starts to fade as the other one picks up and it creates this kind of illusion of continuous increasing in pitch right right wow wow Wow. zimmer used it really famously on Dunkirk. oh wow one of my favorite films that's kind of like peps management style there's no boom bat
2: no no none none
3: Done. It's all just like continuous, right? When this one goes down, the other one comes in. And yes,
1: yes, so you can totally see. Yes. why he would- but that's the same. Can you imagine Pep as a DJ? It, I'd love to see Pep as a DJ because the the mix would be. Af- it would have to be perfect, man. It literally have to come in perfect. Everything. It might be too
3: clean, though. It might be too clean. I actually imagine Pep is like a a modern minimal electronic composer who would sit down and he'd do gigs in churches and he'd sit down (laughs) with a load of gear and it'd just be like,
1: "Mm." (laughs) what Premier League manager could be a a DJ, bro? What Premier League man? I think, um, oh, have we not had this? Klopp, man, the way Klopp can bring it in. And then when Klopp goes, can you imagine Klopp's arms when he, when the, when the, when the beat hits? Klopp's killing that crowd, bro. I reckon the it's the dark, hits, man. I, reckon it's the dark
3: no, I reckon it's the dark horses. Thomas Frank.
2: Frank. Thomas,
1: Frank. <laughs> it's true. Thomas so Frank. I reckon
3: Thomas Frank has got like a deep, deep old school Chicago house <laughs> <laughs> Wow. You know, I reckon Graham Potter might be
2: as well, you know. You know something? He seems you, like he yeah. could be a scientist. You know, because it's the dark horses. It's, it's, it's never the ones mm. you think are the most demonstrative. Because I like, I can look I can imagine Klopp being a hype man and being like, you know, David Getter thing, but an actual DJ, in terms of the profile of these people. Think of the people that are just a bit left field and a bit like, oh my god! You know, you say that. Yeah. Graham yeah, Potter,
3: hundred yeah. percent, listens to NTS. Yeah, th- thank you, thank you. There you go.
2: He you, sees it, you, right? this, you, you, you see it, right? You say
1: that I remember <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim Flowers when we was at England. I remember you know you just you know when you are in England sometimes you pop with someone's room and that and I always had a cool vibe with Tim Flowers. We always got on. Went to his room, like just you know me as you just passed went to his room. down. the man had a reggae collection like you could not believe, bro. No, Tim Flowers' reggae collection was fucking David Rodigan-esque. Oh my God, that's even a wow. DJ name in itself. I, I'm not joking, right? Oh my right? God, he Tim Flowers. When it came to reggae, everything, oh unbelievable no way, that unbelievable, incredible. It was like honestly went to another. And you know what? When you see Tim Flowers, and if, especially at the time when you see, even the way sometimes Tim Flowers was walking, I say that man's listening to reggae, bro. <laughs> <to> <laughs> reggae <bro>. Tim Flowers <laughs> has got the swag. He, and then when I heard it, I said, That's incredible. Tim, like, Tim That's Flowers had incredible. an unbelievable reggae selection. Do you know what I love about that? The selection.
2: idea that like some of that could just be, it's always the quiet ones that could just come in and just kill you in a sound clash. Yes. And it's like the loudest one in the dressing rooms would be like, Yeah, play this, play that. And then just Flowers just like sitting there smiling. Comes goes, in and ba- one day Yeah, man. And you just don't comes One day. Oh, my God. Breaks <laughs> everything down. That's incredible. <laughs> I was just thinking of this, that story that Olivier Dacor, like when he was playing, I was at Roma and he's, him and Fabio Capello used to go and visit museums together. And Roma were like traveling and stuff. And I was like, mm. there's those, those, those footballers that have that, like, yeah. you know, when footballers are curious, the curiosity is endless because you have the time and the money to actually fully indulge a passion mm. to a really interesting degree. I'm always so fascinated to hear about players like curiosities because when, oh, when
1: athletes, when athletes geek out, they mm. really, really geek out. Oh my God, i got to tell you, like, it's like Glenn Helder. We might have been um, m- Norway. We were Norway. And obviously not long came and this and that. And then there was, there was like a band left their stuff up on the on the stage. And you know, we was in there in the room because we, we was eating in there and all that sort of stuff. And then Glenn Helder went up onto, <laughs> went up onto the stage. And then he kind of just sat in the drum bit and then, fuck me, man. He went into a drum set, right? That was, it was elite. Oh my God. <laughs> Ask anybody. He could literally play he could piano, everything. He wow. went into, he went into a drum set that was like, you know, you know when people literally their jaws hit the ground, it was professional. Oh my God. Glenn Helder played this fucking drum kit. I was, I was like, it, you literally, because, you know, because, we're footballers and we don't know yeah. what people are doing. Like you say, Moose, people don't, you don't know what people do. You don't know what Tim Flowers with his reggae collection. Glenn Helder, obviously he's literally signed like a week before. We don't know anything about him. All of a sudden he goes up and then we're like, way, good way. and then he goes. Just like, so
2: any footballers listening to this, like if you want to come and talk about your, your geeky and call it the geek athlete section, you know, please. Come in, man. Come in, man. Be Someone's going to steal that concept. Someone's going to steal that. Do you, know
3: should, do you know what I want to do? I want to do a, a series of six, secret mixtapes and they're all done by footballers, but there's no name to them. Oh man,
2: I'm going to put that out. I know, I know the first one Ryan's going to hit up. I know the first person Ryan's going to hit up for
1: that. Who are you going to hit up, Ryan? Hector. Of course. Who's course, gonna... There
3: you go. The secret, secret footballer DJ mixes.
1: DJ mixes, bro.
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy.
2: Fall guy. That's what the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
3: Flowers time. Flowers, yes. man. So I'm just gonna read you some stuff. Okay, go on. 117 MLS goals. Mm-hmm. Two Golden Boot winners, two MLS Best 11s, two MLS All-Star appearances, MLS Comeback Player of the Year award. Wow,
1: that's amazing. Sixth
3: on the all-time MLS goals
1: list. And
3: he used to eat bubbles in your bath.
1: He used to eat bubbles, Bradley. (laughs) Bradley Wright Phillips. He said, um, it's funny because I got the call, um, I don't know, three, four months ago. And he said, Dad, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm just that's, I'm done. I'm done. I think I've, and I said, listen, man, you, what can I say? I'm pr- you've done brilliantly, man. I'm proud of you. That guy had it so tough when he was in England trying to get through. And, and he was trying as well to find himself and the kind of player he was going to be. And it just, it just kept not happening. So he start with with the city. You know, they really liked him. Keegan, you know, he scored. he done his stuff. I think it was a Middlesbrough I think he scored against. And just couldn't happen in Southampton. And it just, it just weren't happening. And he never lost faith in the fact that I can score goals. I can score goals. And even when he went to New York, it was only Thierry kind of like made them stick with him. Mm. We owe Thierry, yeah, we owe, we owe Thierry a massive, um, a massive bunch of flowers as well. Simply because there was a time where Bradley went there and Thierry saw what he was capable of in the way he played and how he linked and knew that he had the experience of playing here. And what he was doing in America was okay, but he just needed time. Mm. Thierry got him the time. So, you know, that's why Brad, honestly, it's, it, you'll never hear a bad word said because like Thierry made sure that he stayed and then he, everything what he went on to do is because they had the had the faith in him. And here's one even the other day telling me about Jesse Marsh. And how he thinks he's going to do well here because the, the players are going to love him. Um, he's very good in the, he's very good in on the training field and stuff like that. But in respect of Brad, to, to to see him go there and achieve that, honestly, I can't even, you know, I can't tell you how it feels. Simply because he had a lot of pressure. He had pressure from me, pressure from his brother. You know what I mean, Sean? And and you know, it was tough for him because he kind of lost his way here. So he had to go over there and, you know, get himself going. And like I say, it was touch and go. Then mm. they'd done it. And I, you, you, you know, you mentioned there as well, um, when he used to eat the bubbles out of the bath. <laughs> I, remember the, the, um, I remember the story very well because, you know, I, I was getting ready for my palace trial and I was in the bath. And I was just, you know, I needed someone to talk to. I think I can't remember where I've done this, but I, I, I said it somewhere. And I needed someone to talk to, but they were, oh, there wasn't anyone. And I remember I was getting in the bath and I just started speaking to Brett, to Bradley, who must've been 18 months, 17, 18 months in the bath, just doing what he's doing. And I had to keep, like I said, I had to keep stopping him from eating the bubbles off his hand in the bath. Right. <laughs> but I was, kept, I was talking to him and telling him what I want to try and do with this chance. what I'm getting at palace. Wow. That was it. And you wow. know, he was, yeah. That, so so you know, like you're talking to him, like this is it, you know, because like, I told him like the Brighton and all the rejection when I was young, and I just want to play, I want to play, but what I want to do more than anything else is make sure that you and Sean are okay, and you know, what I mean, yes, it'd be great if I could be a footballer, but you know, I've had so many trials before. This is how I'm talking to him. I've had so many trials and he's just before. Like, I've never ah, and I'm saying, don't, no, 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 don't eat that, don't eat. <laughs>
2: Honestly, how is the, the week before your trial at Palace? Yeah. That is a movie in itself. <laughs> that's the moment. That's the, the story. It's a movie that's scene, the, isn't it? Yeah. That's, it Everything
1: started to, yeah, that's the balance. Promise. Sorry
2: to be, sorry to but that's like the fatherhood. No, no. That's the transition. And that's like, there are, I was watching this podcast the other day about like, you know, people that make and people that don't. Um, it was LeBron James, The Shop, Season mm. 5. Mm. And someone said, look, if everyone did this, there'd be 200 LeBron Jameses out there, but there aren't. There are, and you know, Lamar Jackson, NFL player, mm. like people in his family, are amazing NFL players, amazing football players, didn't make it to NFL. It's like, there's, for every Ian Wright that sat in the bath talking to this 18 month year old, there's a thousand others that sat in the same bath having the same kind of chat or the same kind of space. And they were like, and it didn't happen that week or the desire didn't come or the thing didn't come or the doubt came and it was just too much. And they went back to, and then, you know, they're, they're living perfectly happy lives and they're scoring goals for Billy Ricky or whatever, like and they're doing mm. really well, but there's a moment because they're like, ah, that's the story, man. You
1: think so, Miss? Yeah, that I do. Was, I mean,
2: um... I, I, look, I'm, I i do not know many things, but I know a story when I see one and that's unreal.
1: You know, what's really weird about it? Because even though you see him now, see him with his own son, Ryan, uh, my grandson, um, and it's beautiful to see him sometimes like, you know, just seeing him pull Ryan to the side and speak. I'm so proud of what he's turned into. Seeing him pull him to the side and 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 put him straight and let him know what's going on. Mm. Again, you know, they, they, him and Sean, that they're, they're two different characters to me. I can't be more proud of him as men. For him to, like I say, to go there and 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 get the success that he got. And now he's retired. And like obviously he's gonna be he's gonna he's going there now, he's shadowing the but yeah. he's got the one-day
3: contract, hasn't he? So he he's going to play one day more contract. game to retire as a Red Bull. Yeah.
1: So that'd be really cool. Amazing. You know what I mean? I'm so pleased and proud of him. You know, that's why I'm going to give him flowers, simply because I know my journey was tough. His journey was, it was tough to get where he got. Yeah. So, and he made it, he done it, he did it. Can I just throw this as well, some flowers mm. in terms
2: of his football style. So I was watching, you know, obviously prepping for this and just looking back over his career. And First of all, it's actually just really amazing that Thierry Henry played up front with a right mm. That's pretty incredible as a story. Uh, what was int- the way they combined was fascinating. Yeah, mm. um, and the way that he moved, like what I love about his finishing. Me and my friends talk about this a lot. Like when we were, you know, still playing, I was, I was like, it's all about no preamble, no backlift, and the efficiency of touch. It was it mm. was such an efficient finisher, and the way that he found. They, they talk about a lot in, in basketball, like separation. You know, mm. before he got a shot off, the amount of times in a crowded penalty area he would be in two or three yards of space. I think actually in the later part of his career, when he's over in LA and he scores a couple of goals, very similar, he hooks these volleys in mm. and both times. He's near his man when the ball comes in. And then a split second later, he's like four or five feet away. And just that ability mm. to like be there, be like on the toe of the defender and then just like spin off them like time and again, just absolutely. And always finding, and like what I love about watching him, his highlights was you'd watch him and you see him go through on goal and you would be like in your head, you know, as, as someone that's played obviously strike at a very basic, embarrassing Sunday league level. <laughs> you're, you, when you're watching anyone in a highlight film, you're thinking, okay, pick that corner. And he always picks the right corner. Mm.
3: Like, does that make sense? Like always so a lot the right of volleys angle. as well. A lot of controlled yeah. volleys. Yeah. There's a goal he scores actually. And I think it's one of my favourite goals of his. It's in the MLS All-Star game against Bayern in 2014. When, and this is a, right, this is a Bayern squad that has, I've got the lineup up, so Neuer came on for the last half hour, mm. but Rafini was there, Javi Martinez, David Alaba, Hoybier, Sebastian Roda was still there, Juan Bernat was left back, Pizzaro, Shakiri, Lewandowski mm. was up Jesus front. Jesus Christ. Dante was still there and came on, Jerome Boateng came on, Philip Lahm came on, <laughs> Iron Robin came on, Mario Götze came on, Schweinsteiger came on. Jesus Christ. Thomas Muller came on, Pep was manager. And the MLS All-Stars 1-2-1.
1: He scored a brilliant goal in that he game. he
3: got the equalizer. Lewandowski mm. put him ahead, but it was this there's this amazing thing where the ball breaks to him and he's running and he's quite far out and he yeah. hits it left foot. And David Alaba is like chasing him down and can't get near him. And I was like, few people scored that kind of goal against the Bayern Munich side. Mm. Yeah. No matter if they've rotated or it's essentially quote unquote a friendly for them. But still, I was just like not a huge amount of people have made Alaba scramble over the years. No, you know.
1: I, w- I watched that goal. You know, it's the kind of goal that you can't you can't help but get emotional when you see that because you got to understand that from his point of view, he would love to have been obviously he would love to have played the Premier League for longer and done stuff and play against that caliber of of opposition in your in your lifetime and stuff like that. And so you got to understand that you probably you're playing in the MLS like all-star team against the Bayern Munich. And when you mention those names, the greats, they're greats. Yeah. Right. So for him to score a goal of that, that nature against a team like that will be so satisfying for him. I can't even tell you what that will have meant to World him. European champions. Unbelievable that would have been for him because it would have answered a lot of questions for him because he's able to do it at that stage of his career against a, that kind of calibre of opposition where if things were a little bit different, it could, things might've been different, but at least he was able to, in his own mind, justify the fact that, yeah, I did that. I, I did had the that. Goods. And I had the goods. I had the goods. Because that's what, that's what it came down to with all, with all of us. You know, you, you, at some stage, Sean can say, I, lo- I could say, it, Bradley could say, fingers crossed, my grand- grandson could say, it, is that we, we got to a place where we had the goods. We, we, we had the goods. That's all you can do. We had the goods. Oh, do you know what I you love know?
2: about this? It's like me thinking I was, again, this is the Bron James podcast. I'm obsessed with it. And watching him talk about statistics and like whatever, but you realize actually it's the moments when people are, the thing that gets athletes really excited is not talking necessarily about, oh, I scored, you know, that record goal. This is that. It's the specific moment where you were up against an elite op- opponent mm, yeah. and you outthought them. You outthought them in real time. You found a solution because when you're sitting at the barbecue with your grandkids or when you're like sitting with an old rival, you know, like mm-hmm. God knows, you know, Messi and Ramos every now and again, they might have that little chat where it's like, you know what, yes, that game, man. it's yeah. that those interactions mm-hmm. are the ones yeah. that make it because almost no one in the world, right. You know, to play elite sport is one thing. Like so few people play elite sport, elite football. And of all of those people, how many that even play elite football get to have their, A moment like that, Ryan, Mm. get to outpace Mm -hmm. David Alaba.
3: I have a huge amount of respect for players who, especially ones who are essentially like highly tipped, or like you. I think Bradley and Sean, like you said, in like had it hard because of who, who their dad was. Yeah, yeah. But I always have a huge amount of respect for players who take a decision at one point to kind of let that, without sounding too dramatic, but let that part of the dream go and do it somewhere else that maybe doesn't seem too traditional but actually in terms of culturally they had more of an impact mm. like Gignac going to Tigres just bouncing I out love, of Marseille love, love in love 2015 so and just going to Liga MX and you're like what
0: <laughs>
3: and that's a similar thing when players move early to leagues that probably get disrespected if we're being honest for various reasons but do you know, that's a beautiful, do you know, right, it's
2: a journey, the particular journey. Yeah, You know that that that, that poem, The Road Less Travelled, that famous poem, The Road Less mm. Travelled, and like, there's what everyone does, but there's what you do, and you, you're sort of seeking a happiness and a fulfilment. And you look at certain people, certain footballers, and this is what, you know, Juan Verón going back to Estudiantes, like, and winning the Libertadores with them, mm. because his dad had won it, and it was like the unfinished business, and now I think he's mm. still president, now, I'm not sure, but like, there's something beautiful, Ian, about, you know, football, the reason why it's so appealing to me and addictive to me in a sense, in, in a healthy way, is that every time you watch a game or watch a team you've never seen before, there's a whole new journey there. There's like 11 journeys on each team. Mm, yeah. And, and within that, within each dressing room, you'll have someone who made a choice, like Ryan's describing it. And mm-hmm. the reason why that, that resonates with me so powerfully is, I think on a, on a personal level, is it's like coming to Germany, right? Things weren't really like, you know, in terms of what I wanted creative, they weren't really working. I just came to Germany and made a new life and it transformed mm. my life. And I will always respect people that go and they kind of gamble yeah. yeah because your, 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 son could have, he could have stayed in the UK mm. and bounced around like certain clubs and never quite got it going. But you look at his goal score record when he arrives in the US and like the consistency the way he's regarded, it just like mm. took off for him.
3: Yeah, I think the the, the, the biggest compliment which sounds probably slightly disrespectful to the pair of them but I th- I mean it in a good way is like the biggest compliment to Sean but I also think to Bradley specifically because of the career path he took and how much of an impact he had in MLS is that they are known for what they did and not just for being your yeah. boys yeah in their own and I think right. that was extremely yeah. difficult for them to do and I think both of them did it in their own way and I think with Bradley, especially the impact that he had on MLS and, you know, how important he is to that franchise. Mm. The fact that he's going to be working there post-retirement, I think says it all. And like, that's such a brave thing to do at that time. You know, when you're 27, Mm. 28 years old, that's a big decision. And uh, he absolutely made it work and yeah, fair play. And to be asked back,
2: not everyone gets asked back. No, ever gets yes. ass back at all
3: club. I barely yeah. get ass back on fucking right his house unless someone drops <laughs> out. alone <laughs> like <a>
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> so, you know something, just to finish it, it's just like, I just remember the both of them when they were younger because what I used to do to them um, is that before they could come into, like we'd be playing at, before they could come in so as they could come in um, have dinner, do their bath, have their bath, do their stuff, they used to have to do at least... 50 keepy-ups before wow. they came in the house. So when they were like eight and nines and all that sort of stuff, 50, at least 50, at least. This, sorry, this guy bangs on
3: about how much of a disciplinarian George Graham was. He should 50
1: fucking <laughs> ups <cook-ups> before dinner. <laughs> no wonder love they loved each because other. They loved each other. Because what was, you know what I mean, I used to get, get them both in, I used to tell so I'd be counting and then what I would do is I'd count and then, you know what I mean, you'd see their faces like fucking contorted with like... <laughs> With like concentration. And so I'd count, you get, so you go one, two, so, I, and I'd make them have to do it individually. One, two, three, four. So I get into 24, 17, and then you see them go, no, no! <laughs> so it's 80, 90, level, 90, 20, 20, 21, 20, then I'd get to 30, 34, 35, 36. 27, 28. And then I, like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> These poor boys have to do 350
3: kickouts. And just like, to get some like,
1: dad's not messing about. So sometimes if they dropped it at something like a, a a 30 or 41, and I've gone back to 28, and they dropped, they said, I've done it, I did it, I did it. And they, uh, the thing with Bradley, Bradley would be just like, no, no. But Sean would be like, oh, dad, you know. You're so Sean. Sean's, yeah, because Sean, uh, Dad, why are you messing with? I said, start again. So, <laughs> and Bradley would be like, his face would be like, God, I, I know I did it. I said, well, just do it. Are you going to count properly? Yes, I'll count properly. But like, it was so much fun. So to see them, I'm not even joking. When they were younger, you watch them play, and they do stuff. They make movement. Sean running with the ball. Bradley's movement off of people. And his link-up play when he's like nine and ten and that you think wow you see something but it's your ch- it's your it's your child mm. and so you're thinking yeah maybe I'm being a bit too to leave it but for them to both go on to do it I can't explain how that would feel to people because watching them is the most nerve-wracking thing you're going to do. Somebody asked me the other day um, when I was when I was in New York about what's it like watching them, and I said it's stressful. Mm. So obviously they play well, they score, and you're, you're happy when the game's over. But then the next game comes. I didn't feel the same when I played. I could deal with it myself because I was in control of it. But when you're out of control, sat, sitting and stand, listening to people moan and groan when the cross doesn't come in or the chance is missed is what I would let people understand is terrifying. So oh for them to God. get through, they've got through it and they've done this stuff, mm. you know, I am so pleased. And now- a fucking grandson's gonna go to put me through and it. Now again. you gotta do it again. So, you know, so here we go again. Let here his we go poor again. Man rest. <laughs> Let me rest. <laughs> so, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to throw you out. Oh, yep. I'm yep, yep. getting yep. Yep. some decorating done. Oh, okay. yeah.
3: Well, you get, you're get getting kitchen lino as well. No. throwing another mention for that. Like, oh, did, I mention, that did I mention
2: have my like, did I mention have my lino done? Your lino, lino
1: done. <laughs> lino. Yes. Do people still say lino. Yes, lino. Listen, we're old school. <laughs> guys thank you very much man I'll see you soon much I'll love man soon. love man okay there you go thank you very much Mr. Ryan Hun and Musa Akwanga I've really enjoyed that today it's very therapeutic right his house for me I've got to say to love again to everybody who I saw in New York you were great to maybe come back out there and see everybody again thanks for listening have a great week hope your team wins like mine did last week hopefully they win today oh gosh I'm, I'm rambling See you later.